Welcome to Sunday Worship at St. Matthew's Baptist Church, led by our senior pastor of over 34 years, Dr. Raymond M. Gordon Sr. Our worship service is made up of three facets, information, invocation, and inspiration. Information consists of pertinent topics that Pastor Gordon would like to share with you to engage and edify. Invocation consists of prayer and preparation for worship. Inspiration consists of our praise to our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and pastor's delivery of the word. All right, guys. So let's let's settle down some. We need you to sing this song with us. Listen up, listen up. God of creation, there at the start before the beginning of time. With no point of reference, spoke to the dark and fleshed out the wonder of life. And as you speak, a hundred billion galaxies are born, and the vapor of your breath planets warm. If the stars were made to worship, so light, I can see your heart in every. Fire of grace. If creation sings your praise. 
St. Matthews, we are totally committed to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Jesus is God the Son and the Son of God. It is our desire that you become saved right where you sit by professing your belief in Jesus Christ and asking him into your life. The Bible says that Jesus our Savior died for all your sins. He was buried and rose on the third day with all power in his hands. To be saved, just pray this prayer with me right now. Lord Jesus, I believe you died for my sins, was buried and rose on the third day. I believe you are God the Father's only begotten Son. Lord, come into my life and save my soul. If you've done that, email, call, or write us so we can send you written materials on your newfound faith. We have a ministry for your entire family. love to invite you to our online service here at St. Matthew's Baptist Church under the direction of our senior pastor, Dr. Raymond M. Gordon Sr. Here at St. Matthew's, pastor has been preaching the word of God, rightly dividing it with truth and transparency for over 33 years. We've seen thousands of lives transformed. Even though we're living through an unprecedented time, and even though our church is closed due to the pandemic, we'd love for you to download our SMBC app through your Google Play Store or through the Apple App Store for real-time live updates. Additionally, we'd like for you to follow us on Instagram at SMBChurchNJ or on Facebook at St. Matthew's Baptist Church of Williamstown, New Jersey. In addition to that, we'd love for you to subscribe to our YouTube channel at SMBCTV where you can learn about our online services, our Wednesday night core Bible studies, and even our Zoom schedules at this time. Finally, don't forget to remain faithful through your giving by tithing online through our church website or by using our SMBC app or by mailing in your tithes to our church address at P.O. Box 817, Williamstown, New Jersey 08094. Have a blessed day.
Are you ready for the word? Praise the matchless, miraculous, exalted name of the Lord Jesus Christ. We greet you in that name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee shall bow, every tongue shall confess that Jesus is Lord to the glory of God. Bow now or bow later, but you've got to bow. He's worthy of all praise, glory, honor, and adoration. And we pray that you would stay the course of your commitment to Jesus, trusting him and him alone, because he's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. And I'm thankful this morning to the Lord for his goodness, his mercy and grace, in spite of all of my personal errors. I thank God for Jesus. Jesus is the Christ, the son of the living God. As we approach quickly our annual celebration of Christmas, 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 where Christ our Savior was born in Bethlehem of Ephrata. That's the whole purpose for Christmas. Not lights, not, not, uh, not gifts, not malls, but Jesus. Jesus is the reason for the season. And we praise his holy and everlasting name. When I go back to the gospel and look at the birth accounts of Christ, it's interesting that there are two things that jump off the pages of the four gospels, or three of the four gospels, or two of the four gospels, Luke and Matthew, and that is that uh, at night, Shepherds who was watching their flock, flocks became fearful. Why? Because the word suddenly needs to be reserved in our mind. Suddenly there appeared angels. Amen. In, in, in the sky, on the backdrop of a black dark night, these angels in their glory appeared. And the Bible says, suddenly it happened. It didn't happen gradually. Suddenly, all of them appeared. And then the second word is a multitude. The word multitude can be a hundred to a million. A multitude of angels appeared and they sang glory to God in the highest and on earth, peace and goodwill towards men. What a scene. Amen. What a scene. What a scene. What a scene. And then, of course, he was born in Bethlehem of Ephrata, hallelujah, and in a stable with animals, with urine, with manure, because there was no room for him in the inn. And today, there's no room for Jesus. People don't even want to mention his name. Uh, uh, TV programs don't even want to depict the birth of our Christ. Everything's about Christmas trees. Everything's about presents, buying cars, buying jewelry, but nobody's talking about Jesus. And, and, and we, 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 we thank the Lord for the birth of our Christ when humanity kissed divinity and he burst into time when God became human. 100% God, 100% man, hypostatic union. We thank the Lord for his birth. So Christmas is about the birth of Jesus Christ, the birth of our God, the birth of our Messiah, the birth of the King. He's King of Kings and he's Lord of Lords. And, and, and don't lose track of that. 
in the midst of all of this hustle bustle, buying and giving and eating. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus is the reason for the season. He's your guidance. He's your God. He's your glory. Don't mix up God with Google. Don't mix up God with Google. Get in your word. Read your word. Praise God for him. He's worthy to be praised. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart and lean not to thine own understanding. Praise God. This morning we're going to close this series on the family, commitment to the family, commitment to the family. And uh, for the next few Sundays we'll be dealing with the birth of Christ Commitment to the family, and I'm in Second Timothy chapter 1, verses 3 to 7, and I'm talking about a diligent deposit, a diligent deposit. Now, let me, let me read verses 5 to 7 of Second Timothy chapter 1 so we can get some context here. God bless you. And by the way, today we celebrate communion, so get your piece of bread. Uh, handy and a little cup of water after the sermon we're going to publicly and, and collectively rather partake in the Lord's Supper. Amen. When I call to remembrance, this is Paul writing to Timothy, the, listen to this, the unfeigned, that means genuine, faith that is in thee which dwelt first in thy grandmother Lois and in thy mother Eunice, and I am, listen, persuaded that it's in thee also, Timothy. Amen. Wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God, uh, amen, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, timidity, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Um, families are units of people who interface with one another continuously. They interact compassionately and they influence one another critically. I'm, I'm, I'm going somewhere with this sermon this morning. That is, families are not perfect. No family's perfect. We, we all have baggage. We all have regrets. But the interesting thing is that all families want an order of management. Yeah, an obligation hallelujah, of um, maturity towards one another and an outcome of motivation. Mm. Sadly, we tend to, growing up, we tend to learn and leave the negatives with one another. Not just the positives. We, we have some great memories of positive things we passed down and was passed down to us, but there are some negatives. Our doubts, 
can be passed down or, amen, uh, dysfunctions or divisiveness or anger or sense of abandonment or advanced rejections. All of these things typically are learned behaviors that can be passed down from parent to children. And, and, and one of the things that we established that we, we said the nuclear family or the traditional family of a mother, father, and biological children, they probably have the highest batting average. Because when one parent's not doing their job, the other parent can interface, the other parent can compensate. And then there's the blended family that takes a, a great deal of acceptance, acknowledgement, amen, and an act of obligation in that family, amen. Because there are different people, different parents, different siblings that are probably not in the home. So, uh, amen, it's, it's, it's hard work to pull everything together under one unit. But then there's the single parent, whether man or woman, and they are responsible for the whole spill of wax. The rearing of the children, the regiment of daily work, daily training, daily cooking, daily cleaning, and then, of course, the, uh, uh, the outcome of those particular children. And I am um, thankful for my parents, who I think did a great, great job considering they played the hand they were dealt. And I'm thankful to them for, for all things. Not that everything was always perfect, but... As I grew older and looked back, I started to recognize some of the things they had to deal with, which we don't recognize while growing up. Yeah. And, and, and the fact of the matter is, is that when we begin to look at this single parent, single parent, single parent, where everything is on them and they're trying their best, and we have a lot of single parents in our church, a lot of single parents in society, I think they do a yeoman's job with raising kids without help. Amen. Attending all the sports programs and, and, and managing the homework and disciplining, discipling the child and uh, so forth and so on. And, and I'm thankful that I grew up in an era where parents had a space between them and the kids. They weren't trying to win the kids' approval. They weren't trying to win the kids' acceptance. They were parents. They were true parents that, amen, that supervised uh, the kids in a way that they didn't become, listen, too common, too disrespectful, too close to the parenting. They kept some space there. And I'm thankful that I grew up in a time when parents... Amen. Were reverenced. They were feared. Amen. They were, you, you, you know, they they were authoritative uh, with their children, and I'm I'm thankful uh, for that in my life, and that played a a very important part in my life. Now, First Timothy, Second Timothy, and Titus are what we call in theology pastoral epistles, and and in First Timothy, I want to say this: uh, we. We learn that Timothy was raised by a single parent. His mother and grandmother helped out. His father, Acts 16, was a Greek. Now, that word Greek either means, and it could mean both, it means, it, it means Greek culture, but it also could mean unsaved. His father was probably unsaved, 
his mother and grandmother, Lois and Eunice, listen, they were devout Jews who got saved under Paul's ministry in his first missionary journey. And, and, and they trained up Timothy in the scriptures, the first 39 books of the Bible, the Old Testament. They trained him up in the scriptures. And, and one of the things that we, we begin to see is that first Timothy, uh, Paul's writing Timothy about, listen, the, the ministry, the management of the church as, as he was a pastor at Ephesus, he left him at Ephesus, the ministry, the management, the motivation, amen, and, and, and all of the uh, needed uh, maturity to be the man of God. That was First Timothy. He, he was, amen, training Timothy up to take over as an episcopos, uh, epi is over, scopus is the look, to to be an, an, an a a overseer of the church, uh, and not only episcopos but presbyteros, a benevolent ruler, not a dictator, but a benevolent ruler. And then, Amen. He was training him up, Hallelujah, to feed the flock, to be a feeder of God's flock. Not an easy job. Not an easy job because Timothy was young. Timothy was very impressionable. Older people who had stellar uh, uh, reputations were in the church at Ephesus, and, and they looked down on him for his young age. So that's 1 Timothy, and 1 Timothy and 2 Timothy gives us, and, 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 and this is something you need to understand, some great systematic theology, the, the, the inspiration of the scriptures, that all scripture is God-breathed, without error, infallible. Amen. Uh, the the in, inerrancy of Scripture, but secondly, the substitutionary atonement. Word atonement means covering. That Jesus Christ's sacrifice on the cross covers and washes away our sins when we place faith in Him and in His finished work. Uh, the, the 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 doctrine of election is in here. Amen. The deity of Jesus Christ, that Jesus Christ is none other than God, the son and the son of God, the triune God, the triunity of God, the father, God, the son, God, the Holy Spirit, all one, but amen, uh, actively, amen, with three different persons, three different positions, three different functions. God, the father sent the son, the son sent the Holy Ghost. So what we have, we have a lot of systematic theology, uh, uh, amen, involved in 1st, 2nd Timothy, but then 2nd Timothy is a little different as Paul has come to his end. He's in jail. Nero has launched a major persecution against all Christians, of which Paul and Peter were two mainstays. And in fact, John, Domitian put John on the Isle of Patmos, but Nero killed both Peter and Paul. And, and uh, uh, Nero was the emperor of Rome. He was mad. He used to set Christians on fire, put them on the pole, set them on fire, and say, look at your light of the world. And, and put them before lions. Let lions eat them up. And they, they weren't crying and running. They would just let the lion attack them because they knew to be absent, I'm preaching already, from this body was to be present with the Lord. What a boldness. But in 2 Timothy, our text, 
this is the historicity involved. You need to understand this. Paul was really concerned about Timothy because Timothy was weak, wounded, and weary. And Paul had to increase his faith and encourage him because Paul knew he was going to die. So it's here, if you will, that we begin to see this single parenting of a great man. I want to. Uh, I want to. I want to just pause and park. We see a total dependence, amen, upon. Listen, a trust, a deposit of faith, genuine faith, and 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 it's here in our narrative that Timothy. Listen to this now. Was broken. He didn't have two parents. He was broken. There are some major psychological things you get from your father, and there's some major psychological things you get from your mother. Yeah, that adds to your overall security. If they're missing, it's hard for a young man or a young woman to be complete. God allows our wounds to give us wisdom. God allows our wounds in order for us to work. Yeah. God allows our wounds and for us to look up to him and say, Jesus is worthy. Yeah. In spite of my wounds, he's worthy. In spite of my emptiness, he's eternal. In spite of me wanting out, throwing the towel in, wanting to quit, the Lord is good. And his mercy, I'm preaching up in this place, endures forever. David wanted some company. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. Lord, have mercy. That, that child of God, wherever you are this morning, amen, the Lord is with you. Now, now, now the brokenness of not having a father in his life, I'm I'm reminded, Sister Arnold, of Psalm 27. When my mother and my father forsake me, then the Lord will take me up. Oh, you ain't praying with me this morning. That is, God has already substituted himself. When something has been substituted out of your life, when something's missing from your life, the Lord fills it. The Lord is faithful. The Lord is good. The Lord is gracious. The Lord is long-suffering. My God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. No weapon that's formed against you shall prosper. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord would raise up a standard against him. Thank you, Jesus. I'll never leave you nor forsake you. I'm going to walk with you. I'm going to pick you up when you fall down. I'm going to supply strength when in your struggle. Thank you, Jesus. I'm going to fill voids that you cannot fulfill. We see this brokenness, but we see a single mother which made a major deposit of faith. I'm thankful for my grandmother who was the matriarch of our family, and she made a major deposit of faith. Thank you for my mother and father who made a major deposit of faith. 
Now, now I'm not trying to take you back to the 50s or the 60s, but here's the deal. Every Sunday we were in church in a suit, not sneakers and jeans, not shorts, not holes in our knees, but suits. Now, that was the time we, we were in Sunday school and in church. We had to go. It was, it was, it was mandatory. Lord, have mercy. Help me, Jesus. Well, why would your parents control you like that? Thank God for their control. Bring up Proverbs. A child in the way they should go, and when they get old, they would not depart. They may stray. They're coming back. Once certain things are deposited, it never leaves them. This matter of a deposit faith. I'm, I'm, I'm thankful, yeah, that... Um, we, we, we see a deposit of faith by this single parent and grandmother, amen, Lois and Eunice. And, 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 and when you look at what Paul says in verse 5, when I call to remembrance the unseen, genuine faith, faith is the substance of things, hope for the evidence of things not seen, faith in Christ, faith that is in thee, which dwelt also, uh-oh, first in your grandmother Lois and in your mother Eunice, and I'm persuaded is in the also. My God. Notice this faith was handed down through education. Amen. It was handed down through evidence. My God. Hmm. I used to witness my mother she had a giving spirit. People were in trouble. She gave, she gave, she gave. That was an emblem of faith. She prayed, emblem of faith. Faith, 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 faith. A deposit of faith is in this young man. Amen. And I, and I want you to understand what this deposit did. It became part of him. My seven years in the military, when I went in the military in 1968, when I went in the military, Vietnam was hot. I, had, I already had a faith in me, Lord have mercy. I had a foundation in me that nobody could disturb. It helped me to, to acquiesce to authority. It helped me to follow rules. It helped me, amen, to be strong in my inner man. Thank God for that deposit of faith. It was in your mother, it was in your grand it was in your grandmother, it was in your mother, and it's in you. The most important thing you can give your children is a deposit of faith in Jesus Christ. That will prevent them from going to other faiths, other religions, other gods. It would teach them how to trust and to pray. It would teach them, amen, that God has a plan for their lives. I have, a, I have plans for you, Jeremiah 31. Plans of good, not of evil, to bring you to a desired end. We see this single parent with a broken son. My God. My dad played baseball with me. My dad caught football with me. My dad attended certain things that I had. My dad, my dad, my mom. I had two parents 
who gave everything for the maturation of my life. Well, if I only had one there, that would be a little difficult. Be a little difficult. Because the discipling comes from the father. The instruction comes from the father, Proverbs. The love comes from the mother. So now a single parent has to turn all of this on simultaneously for her children. God forbid if she's got more than one child. She's worn out. This single parent, you single parents out there, you got to make a deposit of faith in your children in Jesus Christ. Hmm. That, that deposit was invaluable. When you get in trouble, call on him. When you become confused, wait on him. Hmm. When you don't, when you can't see the future, amen, ask him to guide and steer your direction. Lord, I'm depending on you. I can't do anything to this problem. I can't make anything come out of this situation. I'm depending, Jesus, on you. That's where the positive faith comes in. And when friends, Proverbs 2, ungodly friends, want you to partake in their sins, you say no. You depart from them. You trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your understanding. First seven chapters of Proverbs. My son, my son, my son, my son. That comes from a father. And the father was Solomon. So if the father's not there. Now the, 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 the mother has to take on the first seven chapters of Proverbs. Teaching your children the principles of Almighty God. Hmm. That is... This single parent made a tremendous deposit, a focus of faith in Jesus Christ. Now, that didn't get rid of all of Timothy's problems. We're going to deal with it. But it laid a foundation of cement that he could not break nor veer from. At the end of the day, your children and my children are going to make, disciple, uh, make decisions when you're not around. You want those decisions to be sound and sanctified. You want those decisions to be made under the umbrella of the Savior. Amen. Good decision making means there is something in the foundation that makes you look to the hills from whence cometh your help. But the second thing we see, and I'm, I'm going to deal with this in 2 Timothy 1.7, we see a tenacious development plan for Timothy's future. Amen. That is a design of dedication. And I want you to see this, one of, the fav one of my favorite verses in all the Bible, in verse 7, for God, here's Paul talking to Timothy, Timothy, I'm getting ready to die, but I got some real reservations about your wounds, your weaknesses, and your weariness. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear. Timidity. Now, we all have fear. That fear didn't come from God. God has not given us the spirit of timidity. Uh, Timothy was very fearful, and probably one of the wounds not having a father in his life was fear. 
fear. He's not given us a spirit of timidity, fear. He's not given us a spirit of fear that you look at life, you look at a situation in your life, and you become overwhelmed with fear. God did not give us a spirit of fear, but, listen, uh, but of love, the ability of Agapeo to love God's way, sacrificially to support, hallelujah, uh, to be sensitized. God has not given the spirit of fear, but of love, amen. And, 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 and so Paul pours out in verse 7, amen, uh, I'm, I'm sorry, but of power, but of power, power, power is first. Power has different definitions. Deuteronomy is dynamite. Amen. And when you get to Ephesians, you start to see the various Greek words of power. One is a bulldozing power, a bulldozer. Amen. Uh, uh, Ishkos is a power. Uh, Kratos is a power. God gives us power. Amen. To achieve his will. He he doesn't give us a spirit of fear, but of power, of power. If you are saved, you got power on the inside, Holy Spirit. Power of mind, power of heart, power of will, power of sustainability, power of sustenance, power of sufficiency. God has not given a spirit, spirit of fear, but of power. I can get this done through Jesus. I can do it. I don't need to become a victim. I don't need to give up. I can do it. It's not willpower. It's God's power. Not of, not, not of, not of, not of fear, but of power and then of agapeo love. Love for God, love for one another. Now, now let me stop pausing part. And I'm going to kind of digress for a moment. All of us are broken. Even the ones that don't think they're broken. They have a greater sin of denial. We're all broken. We all are broken by sin. Broken. We're broken. And your way and my way is not always the best way. Your decisions are not always the best decisions. My decisions are not always the best decisions. We're broken. We're broken by the broken models we had. And that's why when I'm counseling married couples, the first thing I deal with is the historicity of their lives. The history. Because in every history, there are hurts. There are shortcomings. You may have had a history where your father hit your mother. You may have a history where your mother was in the street on your father. You may have a history of disrespect and cussing each other out. You may have a history of abuse of rape, of molestation. We have some defective histories called out of your name, cussed at, whatever. No acceptance, no appreciation. History. And every time we have these histories, they become part of us and they render us defeated. We're defeated because of our histories. 
Now, my tendency is to bury my history and keep moving, which is not good. Whatever you bury is going to resurrect. It becomes part of you. And that's why if you have not walked in your brother or sister's shoes, don't judge them. If you have not been through what they've been through, don't become a judge of what they should have done. Lord, have mercy. Hmm. We're broken. So the person you married, the, per, the, the, the sibling you live with, they, they have uh, emotions that you can't even relate to because of their exposure and experiences and whatnot. The person you married, their history is different from your history. They're going to think different. They're going to reason different. They, they may have seen a father that didn't respect the mother, was controlling and dominant. They may have seen a mother who was disrespectful or who took too much and you resent taking anything. History! Timothy had a history of fear of the flesh. Timothy had a flesh weakness. I'll get to that in a minute. Mm. Timothy was fatigued early. Uh, Timothy was fractured. And all of us have fallen short of the glory of God. We're all wounded. Your wound is not better than my wound. My wound is not better than your wound. And the people that are wounded the most want to judge others. Because they don't want to take time to look at their own wounds. But Jesus was wounded for our transgressions and bruised for our iniquities and the chastisement of our pieces upon him and with his stripes we are healed spiritually. The development that's housed in here, God has not given us the spirit of fear. Now, let me stop pausing for I have been fearful over my family, fearful over the church these 33 years, fearful over myself, fearful. And every time fear rises up, God says, that's not in my spirit. That's your observations. That's your entanglements. That's your experience. God has not given the spirit of timidity, fear, but of power. You got the power to call things that be not as though it already was. Now, that's deep. Not name it and claim it, but call scripture, call truth back into play when you and I become confused. You've not given the spirit of fear, but of power and of love, and here it is, of a sound, disciplined mind. That was Paul's counsel to Timothy about his development. Now, Timothy, not only did your parents, amen, uh, deposited a genuine faith in you, but you were developed under the watchful eye of the Holy Spirit. You are my son in the faith, not my true son. You're my son in the faith, not my real son. You're my son in the faith, Timothy. And I'm training you that when I leave here, you can take over. Mm. That is, when we look at 
this matter of development, we see first a transfer of faith. I needed to see my mother, father, and grandmother exercise faith. Now, let me stop, pause, and talk about faith because we, we, we think we got everything together. Faith shows up when failure, fear, and a lack of fortitude is in the camp. When you can't see your way through and you need faith to get through, God allows the bad for the good to come up. God allows the wounds, yeah, and the warfare for the worship to come in place. God allows hell to break out so you can look to heaven. That, that is, child of God, uh, if, if, if God is teaching you faith 101, you need some failure somewhere. You need something to fail so you can exercise faith. Sometimes we've got to come to the end of ourselves. Lord, have mercy. There was a transfer of faith. There was a treasure, no fear. No fear. Why are you afraid? No fear. I will not fear what man can do unto me. No fear. No fear. We're living in the midst of a spiking pandemic. We're living in the midst of political unrest. We're living in the midst of a failing country. We're living in the midst of a failing world. No fear. Why? Because I'm trusting Jesus. And no weapon formed against me shall prosper. Can I get a witness? Uh, Jesus asked, why are you afraid? Do you not know who I am? He's the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the ending. So there was a transfer of faith. There was a treasure, no fear. There was a transformation, no flesh. Timothy had flesh problems. Now, I can relate to that. Timothy had flesh problems. Yeah, which led to failure. He had flesh problems with women. That's why Paul wrote to him and said, uh, uh, flee, run from fornication. It will compound your problem mentally, emotionally, psychologically. Boy, I had a problem. We have problems. I know I do. I have problems with my flesh. And I got to keep praying and keep waiting and keep believing that God is going to give me the wherewithal to deal with my flesh problems. Sometimes I don't feel like answering you like Christ would answer you. Sometimes I want to answer you like Raymond would answer you. Do I have a witness? Y'all getting kind of quiet out there this morning. Mm. Jesus said, it's not about you, it's about me. Let your light, whether it's small or big, let your little light so shine that others may see your light and glorify your Father, which is in heaven. What people are looking for is a model of Christ. A loving model, yeah. A liberating model, yeah. That, that is, maybe God has allowed the problems in your life so he can show up, so he can shine, so he can support somebody else that's going through what you went through. Paul said in Philippians 1.12, the things that happen unto me, 
have fallen out to the furtherance of the gospel. Well, Paul, what happened to you? I was beaten 40 times, saved one. I was thrown in jail numerous times. I fell out of the window, was laid for dead. I, Lord, have mercy. I was in prison for not doing anything. And amen, a, a little demonic girl had me thrown into prison in Acts. Uh, come on now, Acts, amen, in, in, in Acts 16. And Paul and Silas and I, we just prayed and praised God. And at midnight, the Lord showed up open up the jail and said walk out do I have a witness God will free you God will come and get you God will support you he will never leave you nor forsake you mm, he's faithful in Jesus faithful he's faithful from the guttermost to the uttermost he's faithful he's faithful hallelujah there, there is a transfer of faith. There is a treasure. No fear. There is a transformation. Amen. No flesh. And there's a transition. He's given you a sound, disciplined mind. What a development. It starts with a single parent, a grandmother. It extends to Paul. They're preparing Timothy for something major. Let me say something about children and parents. More is caught than taught. Mm. And what we need today are models. Models who model Jesus. Models who models the faith. Models of married couples. Models of the mind. Models of a Christian walk. Models. The final aspect here is we see the treasury of Timothy's deliverance. Paul says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound, disciplined mind. And then Paul goes on to remind Timothy Amen. Of all the things that God did through his single mother, through his grandmother, through the adoption of, of the Apostle Paul, amen, as his spiritual son, hallelujah, to bring him to an end of excellence. Thank you, Jesus. That when you get in chapter 1 and 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 uh, he he says in verse twenty nine, uh, uh, Amen. Uh, verse twenty eight. I'm sorry. Whom we preach, and he's talking about Jesus. Whom we preach, Amen. Warning every man and teaching every man in all wisdom that we, ha- Hallelujah. And that's 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 in Colossians. But when you get back to uh, Timothy. Paul is dealing with Timothy in in this matter, hallelujah, of uh, uh, being uh, holding fast, verse 13, the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in 
Christ Jesus. Ah, I love these words. I love, I love this, this entire chapter. Therefore, he tells him in chapter 2, Amen, as a good soldier, ah, as a patient farmer, mm, as an excellent athlete, Paul is reminding him of the need and necessity even coming up under single parent of faith and fortitude in his future and a fantastic finish. Thank you, Jesus. Loyalty to the faith. Now, now I have not, I've been here 33, going on 34 years, but I have not always been loyal to the faith. I am now. I've learned in whatever state I'm in to be content. I, I, I am now. And I'm loyal to the Lord. I'm loyal to the faith. You can't buy me. I'm not a prostitute. You can't purchase me. You can't veer me away from what I'm standing on. I've seen too much. I know too much. I've learned too much. There's a loyalty of faith. I'm not going to veer for money. I'm not going to veer for sex. I'm not going to veer for the world. There's a loyalty. People that are loyal got to go through something. People that are loyal come out being persuaded. Paul says, for I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor any other thing shall be able to separate me. From the love of God that's in Christ Jesus. There's a loyalty to the faith. Uh, there's a lovingness to the flock. Your job is to feed, to oversee, to counsel, to tenderly love. A loving to the flock. A liberty to people's fractures. You, you, you got to deal with the fractures of many. Lord have mercy. And, and, and child of God, that uh, 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 Timothy, under this single parent, learned a trust, learned a transference, learned a treasure, learned a triumph. Yeah. Uh, Timothy had a deposit, had a development. And he had a deliverance. All from a single parent who was separated from her husband but had a grandmother. Every wound, every lack of whatever you have in your life is there for the glory. God's going to get glory out of your and my enablements. Our, he's going to get glory out of what we don't have. He's going to get glory out of what we're not. Only Jesus fulfills. Money can't fulfill you. Man and woman's love can't fulfill you. I'm preaching up in here. Pride and eh, 
Position can't fulfill you. Only Jesus can feel the sin-sick soul. And that's what Jesus was saying to the woman at the well. After this long conversation on the history and the fathers of the land, the mountains, the wells, Jesus suddenly said, go call your husband. And the woman said, I have no husband. He said, you've had five husbands. And the man you're with now is not your husband. You're working on number six. Because you keep thinking that a man can fulfill you. I'm here to fulfill you. If you knew who I was, you would ask me for water. Lord Jesus. And whatever you do, run to Jesus. Go to Jesus. Ask Jesus to deposit that faith to develop to develop you even through your fractures. Ah, to deliver you ah, for his service. Timothy pastored Ephesus. Timothy was on Paul's missionary journeys. Timothy's name is in the lights as one of God's greatest. But it all started with a single parent who dared to diligently deposit a faith in Jesus the Christ. I want you to enjoy your Christmas. I want you to enjoy your family. I want you to enjoy whatever you have during these troubled times. But think about the birth of our Christ. He was born in Bethlehem of Ephrata, because there's two Bethlehems. The Bethlehem of Ephrata is where he was born. Hallelujah. Came in a manger. Mm. Jesus took on humanity. God is spirit. He's the word in heaven. He became Jesus. For his name shall be Jesus. For he shall deliver his people from their sins. Matthew 121. Merry Christmas to all of you. And we want you to get saved this morning. Believing that Jesus died for your sins, was buried and rose again, ask him to come into your life and save you. Believing he's the son of God and God the son. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. Come into my life and save me right now. I need you to save me, Lord. And they that call upon the Lord, Romans 10, shall be saved. We love you. Now we're going to break for our communion. Get your pinch of bread and a little water. On the night in which he was betrayed, Jesus took bread, blessed it, and broke it, and said, Take, eat, this is my body, which has been broken for you. This do in remembrance of me. Can I get a witness? And what Jesus did, he took the bread, he broke it. Let's all partake of the bread. The bread represents his death, burial, and resurrection. Then on the third passing of the cup, he anointed the communion and said, take, drink this. This is the blood of the new covenant, which has been sacrificed for you. This do in remembrance of me. And as often as you do this, you do show my remembrance till I come back. Praise his name. Have a merry Christmas. But thank God for that deposit of faith, that development of fortitude, and that deliverance.
of the future. Jesus loves you and so do I. Have a great day. Yeah, that worked out well. Oh, man, learn some history. through our website. Go to www.stmatthewsfbc.org, click donation, and fill out the St. Matthew Secure Contribution and Payment Form. All right, guys. So let's, let's settle down some. We need you to sing this song with us. Listen up, listen up. Yeah.
I can see 